Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our show. Uh, I'm really excited because we have an amazing guest on today. Unfortunately, my co-host, Kevin Friesen, cannot be with us uh, today. He just flew home from Hong Kong to Vancouver, and he's now currently visiting his family in the middle of nowhere in the middle of Canada. It's very cold, and he just finished traveling, so he won't be able to join us today. Um, but our guest is so amazing. I don't even need a co-host. Heck, I probably don't even need to be here. <laughs> uh, her name is Sita Gaia, and Sita and I met a couple years ago when she was speaking at a TEDx talk in Vancouver, British Columbia, where we both live. And uh, she's a social worker. She's very passionate about public speaking, LGBTQ issues, and so many other things. So welcome to the show, Sita. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're very excited. So can you just tell everyone kind of a little bit about your background, where you come from, how, what was like growing up and being you, just so they can kind of get a feel of where you come from? Oh, just like what it was like being me, just normal me. For sure. Um, okay. Um, I grew up on uh, Bowen Island, actually. So I lived a 4,000 town place. And then um, ultimately went to a university in Ottawa, Ontario. So Nice. And Bowen Island is very small, right? Yeah. It's 4,000. It's a beautiful little island off the coast of uh, British Columbia. It's gorgeous. What was, what was that like? Did you go to school on Bowen or did you have to commute off the island? Or? Yes, I had to commute. Um, I went to middle school from six ages, or grade six to grade nine. And then I, like... So I was super lucky I didn't have to commute early. And then I commuted from grade 10 to grade 11. Hmm. So it was a lot of work. So <laughs> after after I left Bowen, I said, no more commuting. And now you live in Vancouver or are you just outside of Vancouver? I live in Vancouver. So it's oh, great. Awesome. It's a good city, isn't it? It is a really great city. Yeah. And, and how old are you now? I know you're quite young still. So <laughs> I'm 27. 27, yeah, high school wasn't that long ago. I'm six years older than you, and I still feel like it was yesterday. So, <laughs> do you did you like high school or did you not like high school? Were you one no. of those people? That, I've yeah? never met anybody who liked high school. <laughs> well, I liked a couple of things. I liked recess and lunch. That was good. <laughs> oh, goodness. See, all, the cool, all the cool kids were in uh, international baccalaureate, but I didn't take international baccalaureate. Okay, I just started learning about those schools. Can you actually tell me and everyone out there listening a little bit about that type of school? Because in the U.S. where a lot of our programs are based, they have like charter schools and a lot more private schools. In Canada, it's mostly public, but we're starting to get new types of schooling. Do you, Can you tell us a little bit about that just for... Yeah, um, so I went to a West Van Secondary School, and that's one of the few middle schools that has IB. Mm. So... What IB is, International Baccalaureate, is um, it's intensified learning. So it's, it's more at a university level, I think, almost. And then there was another high school close by that had advanced placement. So it was a little bit higher up, I guess. So I guess earlier in your schooling, then you could kind of choose what direction you wanted to go a little bit more and do more focused learning. Is that what you mean by more intense? 
um, difficult in general. <laughs> like to just because all the cool kids are there and they actually wanted to be there but I, I'm not I'm not an academic so I leave that for my brother <laughs> you and me both that's so funny my brother is a very high level thinker and I'm a very simple chick so I, <laughs> I like that <laughs> oh goodness so you okay you've accomplished a lot in your years on this planet already and you've inspired so many people but I just want to, before I talk about, all the, talk about all the amazing things that you're doing and have done, can you tell me a little bit about some of the struggles that you've gone through, especially when you were a teenager or if you had self-esteem issues? One of our biggest things that we talk about on Teen Wealth Radio is how many self-esteem issues I had personally, my co-host Kevin, and then a lot of our guests have been on. And it's, we have people that have been celebrities and professional football players, and, and they still looked in the mirror some days and, and struggled with loving who they were. And, and so could you share, if you don't mind, with our listeners a little bit of what you've been through and what you've overcome for sure um I was bullied a lot and so um that really affected my self-esteem so I thought that if I had friends that they were just my friends because they felt obligated to be my friends and I also struggled with a lot of body image issues I think up until mid-university I had a lot of body image issues so and I also have a learning disorder, so it made it difficult to pick up on some social cues. So, um, sarcasm, I thought people would just be mean. So, uh, for sure. For sure. I find that so um, I find that so interesting. I, a lot of the youth that we work with, I, I hear them say that same thing where they can't they don't really understand. They think think like they're being made fun of, but it's just a type of humor that certain people have. And and a lot of people struggle with that. How have you kind of figured out that part of social cues and, and people in interaction so that you don't feel that anymore? Did you have anything you did? I honestly haven't. <laughs> I have to ask people, I'm like, are you being sarcastic? Oh, interesting. Okay. And what, what do, do you, do you often get like a sympathetic response or do people kind of laugh and think you're joking? Like, well, they know me. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, that's sarcastic. For sure. For sure. Um, and then, so when you finished high school, where, what, where did life take you then? So I decided to go to university right away after because I didn't want to lose steam so I went to Carleton University in Ottawa Ontario and I did a bachelor of social work degree and that was really hard with my learning disorder Mm. as well but I got a lot of help um in terms of like Carleton is amazing for um students who have different disabilities okay even have like um a special orientation for students on the autism spectrum. Okay. So, like, they're really, really well-known. And it's, like, fully accessible if you're, like, uh, say, have a physical disability. Like, if you're in a power chair or something like that. So, I love that about Carlson. It's just so accessible. Absolutely. Um, I, I think actually one of our guests from last year, I, I'm pretty sure he went to Carlton. I think I remember him. Do you know a gentleman named Sujit Reddy? He just did his first TEDx talk last summer and he's from Toronto. Oh, really? No, I would have missed him. Yeah, he was he was born with spina bifida and he was mentioning he's he does a lot of TED talks and he inspires a lot of young people, especially struggling with physical disabilities. And I'm pretty sure he said he went there. So that's interesting that you that you brought that up. Yeah. Um, I was an attendant there, so I, um, prior to getting ill, I guess, like, I guess that's kind of a tangent, 
Um, I, I did a lot of transfers and stuff like that and, you know, ran around and did crazy shifts. So it was fun. And, Sita, you're allowed to have tangents on this show because it's an hour long and it's all you, baby. So anything that you oh, want okay, to share with you feel free. <laughs> I have a doctor who's like, see that you're going on a tangent. And I'm like, okay, we'll stay focused. So. <laughs> oh, no, you're passionate. I go on tangents when I'm passionate about something. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. So what, what are your passions in life? I know you've got about 100 of them. So what, what, what are they? And how did you acquire those? Where do they come from? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But I will tell you my passions. Okay. I'm really, okay, I'll try. I'll try and tell you how I know them. So um, I'm really passionate about working with people with autism or on the spectrum. I'm really, I'm really just, it's really disappointing that they got rid of the term Asperger's. Like I worked with a lot of students with Asperger's and they were very disappointed. Mm. So sorry, can you, yeah, I, I was unaware of that. And my, both my parents are TAs. They both work with kids with autism. So could you explain a little bit what the difference is between, I know the spectrum of autism is huge and it's quite hard to define sometimes, um, but explain about Asperger's and autism and, and things like that. Share with our audience if you can. Okay, I'll try really hard without upsetting anyone. So just so you know, I'm just like trying not to upset anyone. So Asperger's is more particular traits. It's like they don't pick up social cues. They don't pick up other things. And then autism, it can be the same way, but can be a little bit more severe. I really hate using that term, like you're higher functioning, you're lower functioning. We're just all on a spectrum, right? For sure. So it's, it's really hard to explain the difference between Asperger's and um, autism, but I think what made a difference for the students that I worked with was that they had kind of people that they identified with. So it's like um, they would say, are you Aspie? And so did they get rid of the term Asperger's because it's just falling under the umbrella of autism? Yeah. Is that, and, and, and why do you, why did you, you, I know you kind of mentioned that you didn't really like the terms and defining and you don't want to upset anyone. So is it not a good thing maybe that they got rid of a term so that, Everyone kind of just knows that they're they're struggling a little bit or they're a different functioning than, I don't yeah. know. Maybe I that. think it's because it's like they're part of a certain community. They oh. feel part of a certain community, and then people with autism feel like they're part of a certain community. So, mm-hmm. so I kind of developed this passion, um, I think, when I was 12. So, and that, that's what kind of what got me into social work and working with people with disabilities. Um and working in group homes, and I also, this is like very weird, but I love fashion. I really love fashion. So, so when, I, I, when I was at TEDx, and um, we were told that we needed like the, like the women needed belts for the mic, all the women were complaining, and I said, well, you just throw a belt on your dress and you're fine. Yeah. Like, and obviously with my epilepsy, you don't want to like put a mic up there. You never know what could happen. 
so uh, this this is interesting. See, I I love that you wrote in your bio that you're you love uh, speaking, and I know you speak at small events, and you've spoken at huge events like TEDx, and it's it's amazing. I I've spoken on stages to two or three thousand people as well, and I'm petrified every time. My biggest concern would not be whether I had to put a belt on or not. <laughs> oh, I would have been like, yeah, you can dress me in a full suit where nobody can see my face if you want to. I'd, I'd like that better. <laughs> Give me 10 belts. I'll put them all over. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, that was really brave. I definitely want to spend a little time uh, a little bit later talking about TEDx and how you prepared for that because that's such a big adventure. Um, but what else are you passionate about? So you work with, uh, is it kids with autism or just people in general that struggle with autism? or? I'm currently not allowed to work just because of my health. Um, although I was, um, in my, like my placement for social work, I worked with students with, uh, autism Asperger's, I guess, I don't know, on the spectrum, whatever. Um, and I also had a job working with people with, um, autism in Vancouver. So both of my parents work with uh, kids with disabilities, um, physical, uh, and I mean, my dad's got two students right now. One of the boys is six four or six five, and he's got really, he's very, very, very high functioning, um, but he has these moments where he almost becomes violent because he can't communicate what he wants to say, and my dad will literally come home in tears, and my stepmom works with younger kids, and uh, younger kids with autism in elementary, and they both will come home some days and just feel, I mean, they feel proud of the, the that they're able to help these young people who are struggling but they also come home in tears because they just feel like the system is not helping them as much as it needs to be and and it's a really emotional thing how do you overcome that and like how do you deal with that I mean I work with young people that are struggling all the time and, and I come home some days and crawl into my boyfriend's arms and just need a good cry and a hug because it's it's not an easy thing to do so how do you kind of get over that emotional hurdle even though you're helping it's still hard right um that's, that's very difficult because, um, like, as myself, as I have a disability myself, um, I feel as though the disability system is very broken. And um, since I have epilepsy, um, you would think that social services is very open and accepting, but they're actually very ableist. So it's very difficult. I like I don't I don't have an answer. For sure. For sure. No, absolutely. Um, so, okay, this is this is purely for my own ignorance because I have to plead it all the time. Um, I want to, we're starting this YouTube channel. We've been working on it. And my goal is to bring people on with different disabilities to kind of talk about what it's like in the day-to-day and how people treat them to educate people. Because I remember when I was in high school and there was a, a, a young girl and she was amazing, but she was uh, in a wheelchair, she confined to a wheelchair. She was paraplegic. And we all wanted to be friends with her and hang out with her, but we were so uneducated on how, what, like what she was going through and what her struggles were that we kind of held back. And we felt like, we felt really bad because we felt like we were segregating her, but we just didn't want to insult her or anything. How could, is there any way that you could teach people or give us some ideas or suggestions on how we can better um, be, be, be cautious about how we treat people so we don't make a negative impact. Am I making sense? <laughs> Am I rambling? Yeah. Or am I making sense? yeah, for sure. Um, I come from a family that's very blunt. My mom's quite blunt. So um, I've learned that um, if people ask me straight up, 
like, well, look, I just like, I don't want to be ignorant. Is there anything that I can do to help you better? Um, is there anything that I need to know about, like, when you and I hang out? Like, is there anything I need to know about your condition or how I can help you? Or, you know, is there any, is there anything I can tell you? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So just encourage people to, to talk and say things, not, not to kind of hold back. Cause I, I know a lot of the times we felt like we were afraid to even approach her and say things cause we just didn't want to insult her or harm her feelings. And I think we did more damage than possibly good, even though we had great intentions. So that's why I was curious. Um, even a friend of mine, he was born without arms and he said, yeah, we don't like the term special needs. We like the term disability. And, and I think there's a lot of confusion because terms and definitions we're trying so hard not to define people as normal, quote unquote, or different, quote unquote. I think no one is normal. I don't think that exists. No, <laughs> I certainly I'm not. So I, I just think we should all just be different. <laughs> there should, I mean, obviously we need terms to help kind of figure out how we can solve problems sometimes so that we can categorize things and then maybe there's a solution towards that. But I think we should all just know that we're different, know that we're all messed up in some way and we're all struggling with something. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Can you tell everyone your um, social media tags just so they can uh, join in and follow along as we go through the rest of the interview? Yeah, it's at Sita Gaia. So that's S-I-T-A-G-A-I-A. And that's Twitter. And then my Instagram is um, at, or wait, not at, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting so old. It's yeah. JoeyJoe422. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And if you want to connect with me on Facebook, just send me a message, um, Sita Gaia. Awesome. And it's S-I-T-A-G-A-I-A. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Awesome. I just want people to be able to uh, follow along with you. Okay, so let's uh, go into the next passion that you have. Uh, it's uh, You wrote in your bio that you work with a lot of, or you had a coworker or a colleague that helped you work on some information about LGBTQ issues. What was yeah. that like and why are you passionate about that and, and what information do you want to share with us on that? <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, it was my first uh, practicum in Ottawa. For social work and so what we did is we created like these information packages to go out to all the hot like the um the high schools in uh out there so like so it would be international day of women or trans day of remembrance and um i think it's just important to know because i didn't know about any of this stuff until i got to university i guess like i did know about international day of women's because Women's International Day, because I have a friend who's born on that day, and I thought that was, like, the most kick-ass day to be born on. So, um, but I didn't know about trans day of remembrance. I didn't know about trans people. Um, and there were a lot of um, youth, um, like, queer suicides happening right around that time. Okay, beautiful. Um, and is there... I mean, we live in Vancouver, a city that is pretty accepting of all of the different people in the world. Um, what what have you found is your experience? Aira? Oh. Sita, do you hear me? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just wondering what your experience is. Like, I have a lot of friends that are from different countries, and I still see racism happen. And my best friend across the hallway uh, is an older gay gentleman, and he's struggled a little bit with uh, certain... I don't know, I guess stereotypes and things like that, even though we live in a very accepting place like Vancouver. Are, yeah. Do you ever notice that? And, and do you ever have to kind of step step up for people? Or what do you... Um, I guess I do notice it. Um, my, like, I am mixed uh, background, so a lot of people think I'm, like, ethnically ambiguous. That's what... I guess I look like so people a lot of people think I'm South American when I had long hair people thought I was uh, South American and so um, when we my mom who is white um, and I would go to Indian stores uh, I would be like oh I'm part East Indian and they're like oh really so it's like kind of like the uh, it's it's kind of cringy Okay. Okay. Interesting. And what's that? What's that like coming from a mixed race background? I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty boring. I'm Irish, English, Scottish, and German. I'm like as as like little tiny area of the world as possible. But most of my friends have two or three or four different cultures in their background. What What was that like? And did you experience um, a lot? Certain cultures have different views on different struggles that people have. Um, for example, I used to live in Suriname. Suriname is one of only nine countries in the world still. It's heartbreaking that you can be punishable by jail time or even death for being gay. And that, to me, is the most heart, one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever experienced. Um, and, and I know certain cultural backgrounds have biases. Have you ever had experienced that in your life with your cultural background or no? My parents are very um, progressive, very open-minded people, so I've never experienced that with my parents specifically. Um, my grandmother on my father's side is, so she's Indian. Um, she's very, very, very traditional, so I've experienced that. So, that's okay. so, kind of weird. Interesting. And, so you're a mentor to a lot of different people. What does that mean to you to be a mentor? I don't know. I feel like I mentored more. <laughs> you and me both, girlfriend. <laughs> um, if I am a mentor, um, it's flattering. <laughs> That's awesome. You are. You totally are. I mean... I, I mean, I remember watching your, your TED Talk and then meeting up with you after and, and just talking to you and just being like, wow, this young woman is kicking ass in life. Like, it is, it is awesome. Like, you were mentoring so many people, you don't even, you don't even realize it, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you, you definitely do. <laughs> um, yeah, so I definitely, like, um, with the TEDx Talk, it's gotten a lot of attention. It's gotten a weird amount of attention recently. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it's really nice to be a voice for people with chronic illnesses, uh, like slash disabilities. Um, so it's really nice to kind of like have other people be like, wow, we've never had anyone talk about this. Like, mm -hmm. so, because I'm just, I just come, come from the heart. That's awesome. That's a great piece of advice. Everything you do, if it comes from the heart, I think it's usually <laughs> good advice. I love it. Um, so can you tell us what it's like living with epilepsy and what, what, what that's like? Because I, I have a very good friend that's 
struggles with epilepsy and my uh, my uncle as well and and different very different types I guess I don't really yeah. understand how it fully is but um, I've, I've seen a lot that they've gone through over the years to try and explain to people what it's like and could you kind of give our listeners out there a preview into your life <laughs> yeah for sure uh, I was diagnosed with just regular epilepsy there's like multiple types of epilepsy when mm-hmm. I was 10 and um, I was poster child of well-controlled medication so I didn't I didn't think about it a lot when I was a kid I didn't have to tell people I didn't have to teach people seizure first aid I didn't even know seizure first aid Mm. um and then I like I would remember going to um my pediatric neurologists uh like uh, my very last appointment at the BC Children's Hospital and she was just like in awe that I was going off to university and it's just you know like doesn't everybody with a disability go off to university uh-huh. why is this such a big thing and then um ever since I guess 21 um I've had a lot like I I've noticed huge huge changes so I get very very tired easily I'm on a lot more medication um I had a vagus nerve stimulator implanted into my chest and like there's a wire in my neck and so what it does is it sends like pulses to your brain like every five minutes so that was a very invasive surgery and I've also had a lot of tests so on a daily basis you feel like you feel very tired and mm. lethargic and you can't overdo it like <clears throat> I made a lot of changes this year just like I moved out of my parents house you know like my grandmother died and this happened and that you know like because like stress is the number one thing for people with epilepsy so you really need to keep your stress levels down so um, and I've been told that I kind of lost things over, but like, yeah, you get very, very tired. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, okay. What about seizure first aid? I, I, I've learned because I work with the public a lot and youth and, uh, that how, how to take care of someone if they're having a seizure and, is that, is that readily available for everyone to go out and learn? Because it's something I think we should all know. I think we should all know basic CPR, seizure first aid, things like that. Do you, is it really, excuse me, I can't even talk. Is it readily available? Uh, are people able to take courses anywhere or do you have any suggestions on that? No, I like, um, I don't think it's just like something that you can just take. Mm. Like, like kind of. I found that when I did first aid, I found that first aid barely touched it. Okay. So, okay. Well, we gotta go. It feels it feels like it's in a class of its own. For sure. Well, I, I might look into that and see how if they, that could be more included in programs that we do as well. Just more types of first aid for people. Uh, we do have to run a commercial break, but we'll be right back in a couple minutes with Sita Gaia. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey you. Yeah you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? 
Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you're enjoying our uh, show today with Sita Gaia. If you didn't uh, join us before the break, she's a social worker and she's a very passionate public speaker. Um, she's a mentor to a lot of young people. She's made a lot of mu- a lot of moves. Well, I can't talk today. She's made a lot of moves in the LGBTQ community, helping with bullying, uh, working with young people with autism. She's done a lot in her 27 years on this planet, so we're happy to have her on board. Can you remind everyone of your social media again, love? It's at, on Twitter, it's at Sitagaya. And then um, my blog, if you're interested in checking it out, it's lifeatfullvolume.net. And then Instagram is joeyjoe422. Okay, so I have to ask, how did you come up with the name for your blog, Life at Full Volume? Where does that come from? I was listening to a Black Eyed Peas song one time, and I was taking my dog for a walk. And I was like, Life at Full Volume, that's it. Because it's like, they're kind of like, yeah, let's ramp it up. So that's where it started. I love that. Yeah, right. Go right to the edge. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I really have to ask you. 
you were talking a little bit about how you um, aren't working at the moment because you have to take care of your health and look after your body at the moment. But you literally radiate positive energy. I know there's a lot of people like even even the last couple months, I've I've been struggling with some emotional things and I felt my energy level down. And you just seem to like shine positive energy on everything. How do you how do you maintain that? You, you how do you keep your positive energy up when you're going through these health complications? Coffee. No. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer, okay. Um I find that like watching like funny like like stand up comedy to be like really great or like watching the Ellen DeGeneres show. I feel like you can just call it the Ellen show by now. Yeah. <laughs> so just like watching other people who also radiate good energy. Absolutely. That that makes sense. So do you surround yourself with, with really positive people in your life? Yeah. And one thing that um, I guess I've kind of, you know, made the resolution to do over time is I cut toxic friendships out of my life. Okay. How do you do that? Because I, I know a lot of young people out there listening and we feel the need to surround ourselves with as many people as possible. I don't know if it, we feel like it builds our self-worth or what it is by having tons of friends, but a lot of us as we get older cut down to two or three friends, but it's hard to say goodbye to people that you that you care about. Do you have any advice for people on that? Because I think that's a huge struggle. They know they're hanging around toxic people, but they just don't know how to remove themselves from that or say goodbye to someone without hurting them. Yeah, well, um, like, that was my biggest concern when I was in high school, was being popular. And um, I'm just not that kind of person. And um, a lot of people do want to hang out. And I just, like, don't have the time. I don't have the energy to see people all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like I just recently got a message from someone who burnt me pretty badly. I guess it was, like, uh, the day before my birthday, actually. (laughs) And um, they were like, look, like, I'm not expecting you to say yes. Like, we can be friends again. And I just, like, thought about it. I was like, no, like, that's giving her permission to treat me badly again. So if you continue on with this loop, you're giving some permission to treat you badly. Absolutely. I completely, completely agree with you. I I still find it hard to cut people out of my life that treat me badly, though. I know that's the most insane thing ever. And I'm really good at making excuses uh, for for those people. I'm like, oh, well, they didn't have the supporting and loving family I did or or they didn't have the healthy brain that I have in order to. And so I continue to make those kind of excuses. And I think a lot of people do that. We're like, oh, well, you know, but um, but um, it's okay. They're, you know, so I, I think a lot of us do that. So Props to you for being able to do that, because that's still one of the things at 33 I'm figuring out in my life is how to say goodbye to toxic people. <laughs> it's probably one of my biggest flaws. <laughs> anyway, it didn't come easy. <laughs> well, I know you, um, you you host a meetup. Could you tell everyone about meetups? You said you hang around positive people. Is Are your the meetups that you go to one of those, and how do meetups work? Um, okay. Um, I used to actually be a co-facilitator for lesbians, even though I hate that word. Um, lesbians, 20s, 30s, and youthful 40s. Um, my The organizer came up with that name. And so basically I would create ongoing events. So um, in Vancouver, there's the Poetry Slam at Cafe du Soleil on Mondays. 
And I did this, like, came up with this, like, really cheesy things. This thing is, like, uh, let's do the coffee wave. So you could, like, rent out a room in one of the, like, a coffee shop. And everybody would just get together and have coffee. And that always had a really good turnout. And so, um, and the really important thing, so what Meetup is, is, like, you pick kind of, like, what your interests are. And then uh, it kind of suggests groups that you might be interested in. And you can even look, like, on the website, like, what's going on right now, like, tonight? What can I go to? Can I go to a board game night? And then you go and maybe you'll, like, meet long-lasting friends. And maybe you won't. You just get to surround yourself with other people. Although, I do have a tip. Just don't cancel last minute because it organizers take put like a lot of work into all of the events. Yeah, for sure. That must be it. I've been to a, quite a few meetups myself over the years. Some some business, some for fun, some for meeting new people and networking. And and I, I, I watch how much effort a lot of them put into those meetups. So and it's just meetups.com. Is that correct? Meetup.com. Yeah. And you can also uh, download it onto your phone. Mm. So a little bit earlier we were talking and you we you mentioned the word community and I think community is so important when you're struggling with certain identity things or not knowing who you are or, or just kind of feeling left out or like you need some positive influences. What do, how do you feel about that? Like what does community mean to you and what what kind of communities do you do you prefer to hang out with? <laughs> um, community means that I there's like a safety net of people who can support me. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm talking about an epilepsy community, um, I have a really good friend uh, who lives in Vancouver as well, and she also has epilepsy. And it's like a community of two people. Mm. But that really helps, you know, knowing that I'm not the only person. Because when I first got sick, I thought I was the only person who had seizures. I thought I was the only person who was just wasn't getting better. And then, so, I also feel like you can find community on YouTube. That's where I first looked for community. I was like, well, people make videos all the time. So, um, so yeah, that's like that knowing that you're not alone in your struggles. And I honestly love hanging out with the LGBTQ2 plus community because I'm like, okay, you get me, I get you. We're good. Like, it's, it's fun. <laughs> I find that so interesting that you said, you get me, I get you. I, what, why, why do we as humans have that need to be gotten, to, to be understood? I honestly, my, I have a therapist who's walking me through this right now. He's like, Brandy, why do you feel like you need people to understand you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I want to share my message. And and he's trying to teach me that it's not important for others to understand me or to, to get me. But I still want that. Yeah, and that's one of the things we're working through. It, I think that's funny. Do you find that, that we just need to feel like somebody gets us? Yes. There's, like, kind of, like, this element of validation. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I understand what you're going through. I've, been, I've gone through the, the same thing. Yeah. It's like... I understand what you're trying to say to the world. I understand your message. I understand who you are as a person. Yeah. 
It's yeah, it's amazing. And I, I encounter that with every single person I talk to, no matter who they are or what they've been through in life or where they're going. Um, so what what is your I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, TED Talk and what that was like for you to do. But before that, I just want to know if your your ideal life, if you could paint a picture for me, your vision board of of who you want to be, where you want to be and what you want to be doing whether it's sitting on a boat fishing in the Caribbean like I want to be doing or conquering the world and teaching everyone about LGBTQ issues or whatever it is, what, what, what does your dream life look like to you in the future? What do you want your future to look like? Um, I got, okay, this is like, might be like super uninspiring, but I'd be like super happy just to work a simple life and work at Lush for the rest of my life. Lush is great. Lush is great. And for anyone who doesn't know Lush, it's like super natural, organic, like clean body products, like soaps and things like that. And the whole place smells gorgeous. So, you know, I like that you said that um, because I think we're tr- a lot of us are trying to push our kids to be so much and to, to, to achieve so much. And I think a lot of us need to kind of settle it down and get grounded and have that simple life where we get up, we love the people in our lives, we eat healthy, we do the things we enjoy, we go to a work that we love. And that that's it. I mean, I think sometimes we push ourselves to be too much and to accomplish too many things. And I think a lot more of us should focus on the simple life and, and the simple things that we want. So I love that you said that. I don't think that's uninspiring at all. I think that's fantastic. Because a lot of you oh, are listening. Okay, good. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's great. I mean, there's so many young people out there that might be struggling with their own self-esteem issues or their own disabilities, and they're going, oh, I have to overcome this, and I have to do all this, and I have to just go wild. And I don't think we have to. I think we should just be enjoying the moment and doing the little things every day. All right. Okay, so uh, TEDx. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know what TED is, um, TED's all over the world. Uh, TED Talks garner anywhere from three to $10,000 a ticket to watch speakers speak on a variety of topics all over the world. It's a huge deal. Uh, to be invited to do a TED Talk is out of this world. And this young woman at 25 did a TED Talk. And I, I, there were 16 TED Talks, I think, that day. And I was in the audience. And she was the one I remembered. And she told one story out of her 15 or 20 minutes that I will never forget that has changed my outlook on a lot of things. And I'll bring that up in a couple minutes if she doesn't mention it. But I just want to know what that was like for you to be invited to do a TED Talk and if that was scary and how you overcame your fear to, to do something that big. I wasn't scared. I was like freaking out. I was just so excited because I watched so many TED Talks and TEDx Talks. and um, It was very stressful though because I was brought in late. And, um, so I guess I just like, when I get too sick, like, I know that some people, when they get really stressed, um, they stress eat, but I just don't eat. That makes any sense. So, starve. (laughs) So, um, my mom bought me like a bunch of boost, like that stuff for, um, people with diabetes, I think. Mm. So she's like, don't starve, please don't starve. So, like, I could only have liquids for, like, one week because it was just so stressful. And I felt like I couldn't get the right angle on my talk for a long time. And then finally, um, I kind of got one of the coaches, or, sorry, one of the speakers to be my extra coach because I was assigned a coach, and then I got one of the speakers to be my coach as well. So, because... 
I just wanted extra, you know, extra BAM power. So, um, she was like, I was like, I don't know, it's not perfect. And she's like, don't worry about perfection, be authentic. And that's, like, stayed with me since. So, just forget about perfection, be authentic. I think that's great, not just for TED Talks, but for life in general, eh? Don't don't yeah. be perfect. I think uh, as females, I think a lot of us, even, even I mean, men are men are great, but I think some of us females really push ourselves to be perfect, and we are never going to be. Ladies, if you're out there listening and you're struggling with your emotions or your period or boys or school or whatever the heck it is, I am telling you, stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to be perfect because we, it's hard, man. It <laughs> is. We gotta just accept the fact that we're never gonna be perfect. That we are gong shows. I mean, I I am I am a gong show. My therapist hates it when I say that, but I am, and that's I'm okay with that. And as long as you're okay with that, life is easier. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, how did you find your your angle? What 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 was your core message that you really wanted to deliver? And were there other ones that you were kind of playing with? And how did you decide on the one that you chose? Um. So my core message was that um, there are different emotional things that people with disabilities or sorry like chronic illnesses go through and physical issues and then accepting it is a huge huge deal it could take years months like you know you don't just like get over it in a day kind of thing and ultimately my message was that you as like a person without a chronic illness um, you can do something to help you're not helpless as um, a mom, a dad, a best friend, a cousin, you you can do things. Yeah, so that was, that was my main message. And but, oops, sorry, but I did toy with di- different ideas, so and they just were not successful. Well, <laughs> what you did, what you ended up sticking with, was very successful. What about public speaking? I had before TEDx talk. Have had you? done a lot of public speaking or just a little bit and and how did you kind of I know you said you had coaches but what did you find it like building a message into 15 or 20 minutes that you I mean your message was very powerful and I mean just what was that like trying to create something like that emotionally like I know you said you didn't eat and you had boosts and things like that but how did you feel inside about creating such a powerful message oh I was like so excited that I actually had a platform to talk about this because People, like, the BC Epilepsy Association is underfunded. Like, epilepsy is not talked about. Okay. Like, of, like, a lot of the neurological conditions, it's not talked about. Mm. So, I was so excited. And, like, you know, I mentioned other um, chronologic, or, sorry, chronic illnesses as well. And some do get talked about more, but... So our goal on Teen Wealth Radio is to not only inspire, um, but to to educate. Could you teach us two or three things about epilepsy that might help us in the future if we knew someone struggling with it that might might help us? I, I don't know. Do you have any? Could you teach? Yeah. Give us some wisdom for that. Yeah, for sure. So um, with epilepsy, it's kind of like goes hand in hand with um, some mental health issues. So um, if say if and there's also a lot of stigma around seizures. So if you have like a really good friend and they might seem snappy, they might seem down, it might be because of a bigger issue. Mm. 
like because of the epilepsy, but they don't want to talk to you about it because of there's there's the stigma. So now I just tell everybody I have epilepsy, and I'm just like I don't care at this point. Yeah. Um, and I guess when say if you have a friend who is switching medication, switching medication, you have to taper off of one medication slowly, and then like go on to a new one really slowly and sometimes you can have really bad side effects and you have to just go off of it immediately so kind of keep that in mind that medication is puts like a lot on your body and I don't know just be kind be kind to other people Okay, so I have to tell you now the the thing that you said in your talk that I, I literally will get emotional if I say the story but you said something for like a minute within your whole talk that made me kick myself 400 times over. We always say never judge anyone before we walk a mile in another shoes and all those quotes like that and be kind whenever possible. And the Dalai Lama's like, yeah, be, it's always possible. And I, I consider myself, I'm going to toot my own horn here for a second, a, pr a pretty considerate person. However, there are times when I really screw that up. When I look at someone and based on how they look, I judge them and go, oh, why are they doing this? Da, 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 that's not right. And, and you gave a reference to an experience that you had in your talk that made me literally stand back in my chair and get shivers and go, oh, shit. I never thought about that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know the story? No, tell. Okay, okay so you were saying that you were on a bus. And when sometimes being on a moving bus, if you're standing up, if you can't look out the front window, it can trigger a seizure or make you feel off to the point where it may trigger a seizure. And you were saying something about because you look young and um, you look young and healthy, like we can't see that there's a struggle that you're going through there, that people, if you were to ask someone if you could sit in that seat, um, and they look at you kind of funny because you're a young, healthy looking female. And I never thought about that. I'm always sitting there judging all the teenagers that get on the bus and going, get your ass up and give it to that older couple or whatever it is. But I never thought about that. And I think a lot of us don't. And so it really, I took a deep breath and took a step back. And maybe you, maybe you didn't even say that during your TED Talk. Maybe you said that afterwards when we were talking. Now I can't. I told you later. Okay. I was just like, but that one thing. To this day, two years later, whenever I'm on a bus, I think about you. And it's a lesson that even though I'm, I think about on that bus for the three or ten minutes that I'm on the bus, but when I get off of it afterwards, the people walking down the street or anything, I'll literally go, nope, remember what Sita said. You never know what that person's going through. I just, I loved that you said that. And I wish you could do another TED Talk and just share that story all over again because I think it's so valuable for people to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super important. And I've been... I guess shamed for asking for the disability seat, given like dirty looks and been told that I shouldn't sit there. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, you just never know. Sure don't. Sure don't. So do you, what, what do you do? What do you do when, when people do you kindly explain or do you want to like lash out and smack them? Like what? <laughs> that might be my first reaction some days. I have to be honest. <laughs> um, it depends on the day, I guess. Um, generally, it's like uh, the fight, flight, or freeze. I get the freeze, generally, and don't do anything. Although, not seizure-related, I was sitting in a disability seat, and a, 
man touched me on the sky train. He touched my arm. And so I yelled at him and everybody was staring at me. So I don't know. It can be very like agreeable or just like, so. Yeah, no. And I think, I think we've all been there. Do you have any um, uh, Ted talks that you watched that really stood out to you that you would like to share with our audience that maybe they could look up besides your own, obviously is your own on YouTube. Oh, well, just like Floodline. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but seriously. <laughs> um, the Prison of Your Mind by Sean Stevenson is really good. Okay. And um, it's not our bodies that need changing, it's our minds by Jeff Baker. Sure. Oh, and you know when Brené Brown did her talk about the power of vulnerability? Yeah, I love the the price of invulnerability by Brené Brown. Okay, a lot of people don't don't know that one. Maybe would you mind then if in your bio I included a link to your TED Talk and then your some suggestions on TED Talks that you think people might benefit from watching? Would that be okay yeah. if I added that? Okay, um, and then uh, have you ever heard Rita Pearson talking about being a teacher? Have you heard that one? No. No, that was one of my personal favorites, if you get the chance. And then Andrew Solomon, he talks about LGBTQ rights a little bit from his own world. Yeah, you knew you a little Okay, you know that one. I saw yeah. the monster through the camera. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two that really, really definitely stood out to me. So um, I, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. We only have about a minute or two left. If you could, if I could put you on TV and the whole world had to sit down, shut up and listen to you give a one or two minute message to the world about anything you want, what would you say? And the entire world had to listen to you for that time. Be kind. Pretty Just simple. Be kind. Pretty simple message. Yeah. And, and do, you, do you struggle with that some days? Do you struggle being like, do you ever have the time when you don't want to be kind and you have to kind of remind yourself or are you just always nice because I'm not always nice <laughs> oh, I'm not always nice maybe it's with my parents sometimes <laughs> I don't know yeah like I like everybody makes slips yeah so if I'm not kind um it's accidental for sure I like I'm that so, like <laughs> so you're saying that we're all human is that what you're saying that we all make mistakes we're all allowed and that's allowed it's okay right yeah I um I just launched a new t-shirt line and it's actually called Be Kind and it's got a lot of um, things on it. Can I send you one in the mail and you can? Yeah. yeah? I would love that. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I, I, you look great in it and uh, it's got so, some of my favorite messages on it and the, and the largest, boldest one at the bottom is Be Kind. And so I, I love, that you, love that you said that. So for everyone out there listening, I know that you've enjoyed Sita's interview uh, with us on Teen Wealth Radio. Uh, we'll put her bio in in the late and the links to her her ted talk out there so that you can follow her and again if you want to look her up on facebook it's s-i-t-a-g-a-i-a and her blog is life at fullvolume.net she's a phenomenal young woman a passionate speaker a social worker and i am so proud that i got to meet her in person and thank you for coming on our show see to have a great rest of your life and i hope we get to go for coffee sometime in the future and and talk about more and how we can share more messages of positivity with the world that would be amazing, Brandy. Thank you so much. Oh, anytime. Oh, and email me your T-shirt size. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, okay. everyone out there in Team Wealthland. <laughs>
Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show.